to More Than Perceptions. I am your host, Christina, and I'm here with my two partners, Amelia and Jessica. Hello, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. I'm so excited for our podcast. How are you, Amelia? I'm feeling awesome, especially since we are introducing a very important topic today. Welcome to the podcast, More Than Perception, where we explore society's influence on our modern generation's body image. Today, we are discussing body dysmorphia. We have a special guest with us to answer some questions regarding the medical side of body image. Our guest is currently studying to become a nurse. Please welcome Morel Reed. How are you today, Morel? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Let's go on a medical journey together. As a starter question, what do you think influenced body image? That's a great question. There's a lot of different factors. I think the media and what people see, like on TV, what they see in magazines, websites, social media, that sort of thing, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah. that does. Now let's keep going on to this medical journey. Uh, let's pretend that I am a teen having a tough time with my body image and I want to do something about my appearance. I'm not eating my food at dinner, I'm exercising non-stop, and I'm starting to throw up my food. My parents notice my unhealthy behavior and they want me to go see the doctor. Now what? What are the potential medical diagnoses that could come from negative body image? Well, there's a few different types of eating disorders. Uh, probably the most common that people would know about would be anorexia nervosa and uh, bulimia. So anorexia is, as you described, someone is starting to have body dysmorphia where they feel their body image doesn't match their ideal or what they feel they should look like. Um, and they'll reduce their caloric intake so they'll stop eating uh, what the, the amount of food that they should and they'll start to lose weight. And then bulimia, that would be where people start to purge. So whether that's um, vomiting or taking laxatives to uh, empty their bowels and they, they're not absorbing the food as they should. Oh wow, you just answered my next question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is there like a main difference between anorexia and bulimia? So if I were to be told you either have anorexia or bulimia, what would be the defining factor between the two? Um, I think the, the easiest way to think of the difference is that with anorexia, it's more of restricting intake, so um, just reducing the amount of food that you eat. And then with bulimia, it's more about purging. There can be, with bulimia, there can be both restricting or there can be binging and purging. So it's, so that's kind of the main difference. What about body dysmorphia? Is that the same thing or is that like a separate diagnosis or disorder? Uh, that, yes, it can be a separate disorder, but it's, it can be one of the sort of signs that fall under the diagnosis of an eating disorder. Basically, it refers to the idea of how somebody how somebody feels they don't see their, their body image as being like what, what it should be or what they want it to be. And whether that's aligning with reality or not, sometimes that, that isn't the case but they still feel that it's not right. Well, now let's say that I do receive a diagnosis for anorexia at the doctor's. So now we're in the middle of this medical journey where we have a huge problem. I keep commenting that I'm fat, I'm withdrawing from friends and activities, I'm only eating condiments, and the many other common symptoms of anorexia are becoming normal for me. How does this particular behavior from anorexia affect the body? Well, it's definitely very unhealthy for a person to restrict their, their intake of food to the point that they're 
that they're losing so much weight as well as not getting the nourishment they need. It can be normal or even healthy for, for people's weight to fluctuate and certainly people can lose weight and that's not necessarily unhealthy. But the thing is with a diagnosis of anorexia, it, it goes far beyond what's considered healthy because people can stop absorbing uh, not just the macronutrients, but micronutrients, vitamins and minerals that are essential for things like bone density, brain health. You know, people can start to have cognitive dysfunction, like you can start to feel kind of confused. If it gets very bad, you can have heart problems. There's a whole range, actually, of medical problems that can come about with anorexia. I'm glad that you answered that because I want to go on the flip side. How does this behavior affect the mind in particular? on contrast to the physical body. Right, okay, so the, yeah, the mental side of it, because anorexia really is a mental health issue for the most part. It, when, when you restrict the calories that you take in, your body definitely needs nourishment, but so does your brain and your mind. They're very interlinked, and the symptoms, the mental symptoms of anorexia, they're quite varied, but one of the big things is obviously a very negative sense of self, and people can, it can lead into things like depression and anxiety and certainly just the brain's ability to um, keep up with daily life or things like studying or working can diminish greatly. So trying to just concentrate and have the energy, the mental focus to do anything can become very difficult. Thank you. Thank you. Can anorexia affect both male and females or is it one gender more prone to anorexia than the other? And is there a certain age group or a certain ethnicity that is more prone to anorexia? Good question. I would say that it definitely can affect both male and female, but there is, um, and kind of as far as I know, historically has always been more that it affects females. It doesn't, it's not tied to any specific racial group or anything, and it does affect people of all ages. Yeah, there can be patients who are very young, like pediatric patients in the hospital who have this diagnosis and it can affect people right throughout their adult lives, right into old age. Mm, that very, that's very interesting because I thought with the commencement of puberty, uh, anorexia would be a really big thing for teenagers, especially I didn't think it would affect other age groups as well. So that's really good to know. So now in my anorexia journey, I am now admitted to the hospital because of how severe my eating disorder has gotten. I have to spend three months in hospital to receive the assistance I need to recover. I'd like to ask you, what does the recovery process for anorexia look like? And how long do you think the recovery process would be? Well, the recovery process time, I think, varies uh, depending on how, how severe, like how, how long someone's had the diagnosis and how long it's been affecting them. So kind of the course of treatment would definitely depend on how much weight somebody needs to regain before they can safely go home and then continue to work on their recovery at home. But also the, the psychological aspect of it. So in hospital, treatment would, would involve things like um, daily weight measurements. So you'd have like a goal, a weight goal that you'd want the patient to meet. And you'd have to be very diligent about figuring out what kind of a diet that the patient would be inclined to eat. Some patients, if they refuse to eat, they can have a nasogastric tube. So that goes down into the stomach and it's a liquid diet, they'll, they'll be fed. A lot of it, of course, is the psychological aspect. So you'll have counseling for the patient to get sort of 
get them help with things like how they view their body, things that cause them stressors, and kind of uncover reasons that they they developed the the illness in the first place. So it's there's there's quite a few different components, but the the basic main two are refeeding to get weight back up, and then the psychological help to recover the the, the mental illness part of it. I really like how you included multiple examples. If there's someone listening to our podcast right now who is currently dealing with body dysmorphia, do you have any tips for them on how they can overcome it? Well, I think there's probably a few different ways to come at it. It's a very tricky condition. The main thing I would say is to ask for help in whatever way that looks like for anybody um, as soon as possible. Like the sooner you can talk to somebody, if you feel like you yourself are concerned about you know, your behavior or the way that you feel about your body, or if you notice anybody else, a friend or a family member, you know, if, if their behavior is making you think, oh, maybe this person is trending towards symptoms of an eating disorder, the sooner they can talk to somebody, the better. Because the farther along someone gets into this, the harder it can be and the longer it can take to recover. Hmm. Well, thank you for your time today, Morel. The information you have given us is much appreciated. I hope our viewers can get a better understanding of eating disorders from what you have told us today. Oh, my pleasure. It was great talking with you. Uh, thank you. If you want more information, visit us at Morning Perception on Spotify or anywhere you listen to your podcast.